Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To this very building. Did you think of going there at once? Because if that be the case, I must go to the house and procure the key. If you would walk on there, I'll rejoin you in a few moments' time. Accordingly, Humphreys strolled down the ride leading to the temple, past the garden front of the house, and up the turfy approach to the archway which Cooper had pointed out to him. He was surprised to find that the whole maze was surrounded by a high wall, and that the archway was provided with a padlocked iron gate. But then he remembered that Miss Cooper had spoken of his uncle's objection to letting anyone enter this part of the garden. He was now at the gate, and still Cooper came not. For a few minutes he occupied himself in reading the motto cut over the entrance, Secretum meum mihi et filiis domus miei, and in trying to recollect the source of it. Reader's Note The Latin translates to my secret is for me and the sons of my house. End of reader's note. Then he became impatient, and considered the possibility of scaling the wall. This was clearly not worth while. It might have been done if he had been wearing an older suit. Or could the padlock, a very old one, be forced? No, apparently not. And yet, as he gave a final irritated kick at the gate, something gave way and the lock fell at his feet. He pushed the gate open, inconveniencing a number of nettles as he did so, and stepped into the enclosure. It was a yew maze, of circular form, and the hedges, long untrimmed, had grown out and upwards to a most unorthodox breadth and height. The walks, too, were next door to impassable, only by entirely disregarding scratches, nettle-stings, and wet could Humphreys force his way along them, but at any rate this condition of things, he reflected, would make it easier for him to find his way out again, for he left a very visible track. So far as he could remember, he had never been in a maze before, nor did it seem to him now that he had missed much. The dankness and darkness, and smell of crushed goose-grass and nettles, were anything but cheerful. Still, it did not seem to be a very intricate specimen of its kind. Here he was. By the way, was that Cooper arrived at last? No. Very nearly at the heart of it, without having taken much thought as to what path he was following. Ah, there at last was the centre, easily gained. And there was something to reward him. His first impression was that the central ornament was a sundial, but when he had switched away some portion of the thick growth of brambles and bindweed that had formed over it, he saw that it was a less ordinary decoration, a stone column about four feet high, and on the top of it a metal globe, copper to judge by the green patina, engraved, and finely engraved too, with figures in outline, and letters. That was what Humphreys saw and a brief glance at the figures convinced him that it was one of those mysterious things called celestial globes, 
from which, one would suppose, no one ever yet derived any information about the heavens. However, it was too dark, at least in the maze, for him to examine this curiosity at all closely, and besides he now heard Cooper's voice, and sounds as of an elephant in the jungle. Humphreys called to him to follow the track he had beaten out, and soon Cooper emerged, panting, into the central circle. He was full of apologies for his delay. He had not been able, after all, to find the key. "'But there,' he said, "'you've penetrated into the heart of the mystery, unaided and unannealed, as the saying goes. Well, I suppose it's a matter of thirty to forty years since any human foot has trod these precincts. Certain it is that I've never set foot in them before. Well, well, what's the old proverb about angels fearing to tread? It's proved true once again in this case.' Humphrey's acquaintance with Cooper, though it had been short, was sufficient to assure him that there was no guile in this allusion, and he forbore the obvious remark, merely suggesting that it was fully time to get back to the house for a late cup of tea, and to release Cooper for his evening engagement. They left the maze accordingly, experiencing well-nigh the same ease in retracing their path as they had in coming in. "'Have you any idea?' Humphreys asked as they went towards the house, why my uncle kept that place so carefully locked. Cooper pulled up, and Humphreys felt he must be on the brink of a revelation. I should merely be deceiving you, Mr. Humphreys, and that to no good purpose, if I laid claim to possess any information whatsoever on that topic. When I first entered upon my duties here, some eighteen years back, that maze was word for word in the condition you see it now, and the one and only occasion on which the question ever arose within my knowledge was that of which my girl made mention in your hearing. Lady Wardrop, I've not a word to say against her, wrote, applying for admission to the maze. Your uncle showed me the note, a most civil note, everything that could be expected from such a quarter. Cooper, he said, I wish you'd reply to that note on my behalf. Certainly, Mr. Wilson, I said, for I was quite inured to acting as his secretary. What answer shall I return to it? Well, he said, give Lady Wardrop my compliments, and tell her that if ever that portion of the grounds is taken in hand, I shall be happy to give her the first opportunity of viewing it, but that it has been shut up now for a number of years and I shall be grateful to her if she kindly won't press the matter. That, Mr. Humphreys, was your good uncle's last word on the subject, and I don't think I can add anything to it. Unless, added Cooper, after a pause, it might be just this, that, so far as I could form a judgment, he had a dislike, as people often will for one reason or another, to the memory of his grandfather, who, as I mentioned to you, had that maze laid out. A man of peculiar T-net, Mr. Humphreys, and a great traveller. You'll have the opportunity on the coming Sabbath of seeing the tablet to him in our little parish church. Put up it was some long time after his death. Oh, I should have expected a man who had such a taste for building to have designed a mausoleum for himself. Well, I've never noticed anything of the kind you mention, and, in fact, come to think of it, I'm not at all sure that his resting-place is within our boundaries at all. That he lays in the vaults, I'm pretty confident, is not the case. 
curious now that I shouldn't be in a position to inform you on that heading. Still, after all, we can't say, can we, Mr. Humphreys, that it's a point of crucial importance where the poor mortal coils are bestowed. At this point they entered the house, and Cooper's speculations were interrupted. Tea was laid in the library, where Mr. Cooper fell upon subjects appropriate to the scene. A fine collection of books, one of the finest I've understood from connoisseurs in this part of the country. Splendid plates, too, in some of these works. I recollect your uncle showing me one with views of foreign towns. Most absorbing it was. Got up in first-rate style. And another all done by hand, with the ink as fresh as if it had been laid on yesterday. And yet he told me it was the work of some old monk hundreds of years back. I've always taken a keen interest in literature myself. Hardly anything to my mind can compare with a good hour's reading after a hard day's work far better than wasting the whole evening at a friend's house. And that reminds me, to be sure, I shall be getting into trouble with the wife if I don't make the best of my way home, and get ready to squander away one of these same evenings. I must be off, Mr. Humphreys. And that reminds me, said Humphreys. If I'm to show Miss Cooper the maze to-morrow, we must have it cleared out a bit. Could you say a word about that to the proper person? Why, to be sure. A couple of men with scythes could cut out a track to-morrow morning. I'll leave word as I pass the lodge, and I'll tell them what'll save you the trouble, perhaps, Mr. Humphreys, of having to go up and extract them yourself, that they'd better have some sticks or a tape to mark out their way with as they go on. A very good idea. Yes, do that. And I'll expect Mrs. and Miss Cooper in the afternoon, and yourself about half-past ten in the morning. It'll be a pleasure, I'm sure, both to them and to myself, Mr. Humphreys. Good night. The end of part one of Mr. Humphreys and His Inheritance in Ghost Stories of an Antiquary by M. R. James Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.